Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter talking all things football with me, Lauren. Me, Graham. And you're back, Dad. You uh, you missed last week and you left me all on my own. Oh no, terribly rude. It is so rude, but um, the weather's been horrible. Absolutely horrible this weekend. And I suppose you could say perfect weather for some football. Yeah, no matches postponed, so that's good. Was there no, no matches I think postponed? National League, there might have been a couple, I yeah. think. So uh, it's a very, very busy weekend and we've got lots of rants and raves and barnets to have a little look at. And um, to kick off, I'll have a look at the Premier League and we'll have a little chat about some big results from there. I suppose the main one was, um, well, one of the ones I want to talk about was Leicester nil, West Ham 3 on the Sunday. You've got Antonio, Fornals, Bowen all getting on the, on the t- uh, score sheet. Another impressive display from West Ham to end Leicester's 100% winning start to the season. And David Moyes, I forgot that he was absent from the touchline as he still continues to recover from coronavirus. And, um, well, the two times he's been away and they've done fantastic in the last two matches. Quite interestingly for Leicester, actually, they had 69% possession, failed to produce a single shot on target, um, which is very disappointing after their 5-2 win at the Etihad. But uh, West Ham have started really well this season. Maybe, I think they had a couple of results at the beginning a bit iffy, but um, they seem to be playing pretty well and are they thriving under the fact that David Moyes isn't even on the sideline? Uh, well maybe yeah, maybe he's, he's whatever shouting he does maybe they don't need it maybe a bit of peace and quiet Irvine I think is the guy in the touchline at the moment doing the job so he's doing well by the looks of it Yeah doing very well I don't think it's too concerning for Leicester but um, it, what's also exciting for West Ham is it's three different goal scorers they seem to have a lot of threat coming from all over the shop but Antonio seems to finally be um, finding form and he, he did well towards the end of last season and he's carrying that on so we thought that West Ham beating Leicester was pretty dramatic, 3-0. And then later on in the day, you have Man United 1, Tottenham Hotspur 6, and then Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. I mean, was there any chance that people thought those could be the scorelines? Any chance? No chance. No chance whatsoever. I think um, the statistics about Man United, it's the only, it was not only the heaviest defeat since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took temporary charge in December 2018, but also the largest United have suffered a defeat since Ed Woodward took over as executive vice chairman in 2013. United sitting in 16th in the Premier League with newly promoted Fulham and West Brom, the only clubs with the worst goal difference, which is ridiculous. And then obviously Aston Villa beating Liverpool 7-2. Watkins got a hat-trick. We'll be talking about British strikers a little bit later on, but um, Ollie Watkins did fantastically. McGinn, Barkley, that was his first performance. We thought he, um, they looked good, didn't they, Aston Villa? Oh, very good, yeah. Yeah, you had Barkley, Grealish. They seemed to link up really well, obviously, with Watkins. So it was just a weird, such a weird afternoon and evening of football that you definitely couldn't call. And um, would you be overly, overly concerned as a Liverpool fan? Uh, I don't think so. I think um, there were some obvious issues not having uh, Alisson in the nets. I think he organises the back four probably that's what showed yesterday that they seemed a bit lost he dominates the area dominates well dominates the half actually and great distribution so I just think um, they, they just looked a bit lost without him and uh, Henderson sat on the bench I think he'd have made a difference as well and probably Marley up front so that spine of the team was missing and they just seemed a bit uh, bit lost, really. But no, nah, they'll still finish top two, three, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's it's deadline day coming up. Monday's deadline day. Any clubs in particular that you're looking at that you think you need to make at least a couple of decent signings to really improve your team? Anyone in particular that stands out? I guess United need a defender or defenders. Yeah, that's probably the main one. 
I think I think we were talking not that long ago about Sheffield United, maybe. But I think they've um, I think they've bought in. They've actually made a record signing from Liverpool. I can't think of his name now, but he's come in. Burnley, maybe. Yeah, Burnley look a bit short as well, perhaps. But overall, the Premier League it was very exciting, very exciting to watch, and just a bizarre afternoon of football. So, championship, some good matches in the championship yesterday. Um, first one is Reading Watford. So, Reading uh, just uh, they've not been in the championship, or they've been in the championship rather, not been in the Premier League since two thousand and thirteen. So, longer than I uh, longer than I thought. So, but Reading have drifted around a bit. Not really serious promotion contenders, but they've won the first four games. Goal from Puskas yesterday, so great start, 100% record. Watford probably favoured for promotion. They'll be disappointed to lose. It was the first defeat. Um, struggling to score goals, uh, certainly yesterday anyway. They've, of course, Troy Deeney's moved on. Where's uh, he gone? I think, uh, I'm not sure, actually. He certainly wasn't playing. I'll have a research. For research. And uh, Glenn Murray um, was up front, but um, disappointed for Watford, but a real strong start for... Uh, Redden, who are joint top. The joint top with Bristol City. That's my second match. Bristol City, best from the West, definitely played 4-1-4. Game at Forest. Again, Forest were um, promotion contenders last year. They've lost the first four matches, though, so a really uh, interesting start for Forest. 21 shots, produced six on target and got one goal. So um, it's not not making chances. It seems to be going forward, but just not scoring, really. So a great win for Bristol, saying one four out of four. Uh, the two teams heading in different directions. I guess the manager at Forest, uh, Sabri Labucci, French guy, he's going to come under pressure, been there since June last year, uh, ex-Rens, so yeah, watch this space, but um, Forest played okay by the sounds of it, but a great win for best from the West Bristol City. So looking at Troy Deeney, just giving a bit of Google, apparently he's still there, but obviously it's looking like he's going to leave because he's not getting picked. Potentially West Brom are looking at him. Yeah, I thought it was one of those teams uh, sort of come up from the, uh, championship or something, yeah. yeah, definitely. And then there was another championship match, wasn't there, on Sunday? Yes, it looked like it was going to, as you would expect, to Brentford at home to Preston. Preston hadn't had a great start. They hadn't won a match. Brentford had won two out of three. But Brentford 2 up at half-time. You think, here we go. They're not missing Watkins at all. They're going to easily beat Preston. But Preston bounced back. Within 18 minutes, it was 4-2. So and that was the final score, 4-2 to Preston. Sinclair got a couple... Preston's first win, Brentford now lost two of the four, uh, probably promotion favourites, but looking like they might be um, struggling a little bit. Preston have lost both the home games and unbeaten away, so Preston, if they can start winning at home, they might uh, might make a challenge like they did last year. But yeah, fantastic win for Preston, 4-2 at Brentford. Right, time for a rant. Um, mine's a bit of a random one, actually. I, I, I saw this last week and um, just just annoyed me a little bit. So last Sunday, 27th of September, I spotted the first footballer to be sporting gloves. Now, I understand that was the Tottenham's Ndombele. I understand it can get a little bit cold and maybe some players aren't used to our British climates. But uh, end of September, that's far too early to be wearing gloves. It should have a bobble hat as well. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Next I'll be wearing, yeah, hat and scarf. I think, and then I also saw a Bamiang this weekend wearing gloves. 
So I'm saying at least not until November, December. It's not even our winter yet. We're in autumn. Same as putting the heating on at home. It shouldn't happen before yeah, November. Well, yeah, no wonder I can't feel my feet right now. Yeah, so for me, I'm thinking Premier League footballers should be banned to wear gloves until maybe November, until it's officially winter. I agree. December, January, February. Did you wear gloves as a player? Never, ever, never, <laughs> ever. You never wear gloves now, actually. No, gloves is illegal. <laughs> Uh, my, I've got one, two, actually two quick rants. One is National League came back yesterday and I was merrily looking for the results in my paper of choice today and they weren't there. And I thought, well, how, terrible, how terrible is that? they got the Spanish results, the uh, Italian, German and no, I can't, I'm still looking. They must be somewhere, but I can't find them. But first time back after months and months off, should have been a big feature on the National League. Exciting times, teams who've gone up there, Altrincham, for instance, Stockport, but no, so that's disappointing. Second one is lazy players. Uh, just you watch some matches and when the pundits summarise it and watch some of the defending, some of the marking, and you think, how oh, lazy, just people, just absolute mm. basics getting paid fair amount of money and just you just think, you know, it's schoolboy errors, you'd call them, and schoolboy errors sometimes just through being downright lazy. So just, uh, just need to work hard. Goodness me, they've got 90 minutes a week to work hard. They should be... Uh, no daft mistakes and no laziness. Is this like attacking footballers not tracking back? Is that what? Yeah, we're and defenders not defending, crossing it across the box when they shouldn't be. Yeah, okay. Just a bit sloppy and a bit lazy. You think, oh blimey, what's going on? And also, why is the national league only just? They've had a massive break. Why did yeah, they? Yeah, I'm not them? sure why they had such a long break actually. But um, yeah, it's back now and um, yeah, first week back and uh, and yeah, no no, no great coverage. Yeah. That's a shame. Looking into League One, there was a five-goal thriller. Uh, Lincoln City moved top of the league after a thrilling 3-2 win at Blackpool. Uh, the hosts were actually two on up until James' husband was sent off six minutes from time. And um, that's now four wins from four for Lincoln City. They started really well and Grant uh, scored two penalties. And then the other fixture that I wanted to look at was MK Don's Ipswich 1-1. So Ipswich Town, that was uh, they lost their perfect start to the season and dropped off top spot after being held 1-1 away to the bottom club, MK Don's. So they needed something out of the match, MK Don's. And uh, Daniel Harvey scored a second half equaliser after John Nolan had given Ipswich an early lead. So what I just mentioned, obviously Lincoln are now top and Ipswich had dropped down. Um, but MK Dons needed to get something out of that match and they did. Very interesting. Our League 2 finally So um, six goals thriller, six goals shared by Colchester and Oldham. Colchester still unbeaten, although they've drawn three out of four. So... Um, Need to start winning in a couple more, I guess. And Oldham, that was their first point. So playing away at Colchester, they'd be chuffed. An 89th minute goal from McCallany. That was their uh, equaliser. So Oldham probably favoured for promotion. Uh, sorry, for relegation. So they'll be really pleased to get a, a good point away at Colchester. Another team who from the northwest probably tipped for relegation, Morecambe. Uh, they started off really well, actually. They're uh, third in the league. They've won three out of four games, lost the other. Phillips' penalty got was the only goal in the game against Port Vale. Port Vale were top before the match, so it's their first defeat. So the Shrimpers, Morecambe, a really good win. So well done, Morecambe and Oldham. Uh, now I'm going to have a race. 
Dave, this is a new feature we've got this season. Rather than just constantly moaning and having rants, we also have a rave and talk about some positive things from the week. And I'll go first. I wanted to particularly mention one player from a squad that are doing fantastic. Everton, obviously, not dropped a match, um, not lost a match yet. So I wanted to mention Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Obviously, he's in great form. Premier League, he's had six goals in four matches. And he's got his first Premier League hat-trick. Obviously, that was against West Brom 5-2 a while back. And then he got a hat-trick 4-1 versus West Ham in the EFL Cup. And that's made him the first Everton player to score two hat-tricks in one month since William Dixie Dean in 1931. Do you know who that is? William Dixie Dean in 1931? I've heard of him. I wasn't around really? then. Really? Yeah, really. But No, I've heard of Dixie Dean, but I uh, don't remember any of his career. Um, so he's got 13. He had 13 goals last season, Calvert-Lewin. Like I said, he's on six and four already. And he just seems to be thriving under an Everton team that have gotten a lot of great players. What's his name? I say James Rodriguez, but how do you pronounce it? Hummers. Hummels. Um, he seems to be working well with him and he's got they've got quality coming into the box now. And I think before maybe people didn't think Calvert-Lewin maybe had the skill or the finesse, but he can head of them. He can score them right foot, left foot. He seems to be um, doing very well under Ancelotti. So he's a player that's sticking out and he's top of the goal scoring in the Premier League at the moment. Very good. Well, mine's very similar, actually. Mine's oh, yeah. a, a rave about British strikers. So oh, I had okay. Calvert-Lewin on my list. Yeah, and yeah. you've got lots, haven't you? Gerard Bourne, Abraham, Bamford. United have got three. Rashford, James, Greenwood. Of course, yeah. Uh, all these great British strikers. I think it's brilliant to see them coming through. There's still this desire to go uh, abroad and bring in uh, additional. So Man United looking to bring in additional non-British strikers. But I think, you know, there's some really brilliant British strikers who are doing you know, doing wonderfully well in the Premiership and throughout the whole league. So, big it up for British strikers. Bamford's doing well because, was it last season, he was top scorer for a champ, um, for Leeds, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a funny one though. There, I know a few Leeds fans and they're all quite up and down about Bamford. He misses a lot. Mm. Uh, he's got a really good touch actually watching him last night in the City game. Uh, he's got a real good touch. Cle- he looks like a very clever footballer. bit sloppy in front of goal perhaps, but uh, the link play... He's really sort of into all that link play, Bamford. Very good, actually. I think he's, uh, yeah, again, a really good British striker. Talking of Everton, also mentioned Calvert-Lewin. What are we thinking about Jordan Pickford? Because there's been a lot of chat about him recently. Is he English number one? Because England obviously playing national internationals next week. Um, what are you thinking? If you're Gareth Southgate, I know he's, he's he favours him, but... Uh, I think he's he does make a few mistakes. He's Overall, he's a good, of course, he's a good keeper, but... Um, I think it's. Uh, I think there's probably it's close. You know, he make a few more mistakes and he won't get his place. I don't think. And Dean Henderson, he's not getting picked for Man United at the moment. He's no, again, that's a shame. He's not going to get if he doesn't get any game time. If De Gea keeps him out of the team, he'll be he'll be really fed up that he's gone back there to play uh, reserve team football. Barnet of the week. I'm trying to think who I went for last week because you weren't there. You picked Richarlison. Oh, I went for Timo Werner. Bit random. I just thought he looked quite smart with his hair. Um, but this week, I've kind of gone again for a bit of a randomer who had a great performance for West Ham. 88% accuracy. This was against Leicester. Nine ball recoveries. I'm not always his biggest fan, uh, but Declan Rice. Now, I looked, I thought his hair looked a bit different because in the past, I've never really bothered about his hair. He's grown it much longer and he's got a side parting going on which I thought was quite cool. Very good. I think he uh, rocks it pretty well. 
And there's a lot of chat about maybe he's going to go to Chelsea. I mentioned last week that I think Lampard and Timo Werner are both looking pretty suave and gentlemanlike. And uh, yeah, I prefer the long locks of Declan Rice. I'm, I'm all for the uh, side parting. Oh, well, mine is interesting. Actually, it's down into the championship and it was really uh, watching the football programme yesterday, Soccer Saturday, and a chap called Lyle Taylor came on for Forest. So he's a striker, ex-Charlton. Uh, he's dyed his hair pink and, of course, pink. pink. So that was a bit old Jeff was um, getting stuck into that. But what Jeff then did say, of course, was that he's dyed it pink for cancer research. Good lad. Ah, okay. So he's going to play all his matches. He's got pink boots, pink hair for the whole of October. Brilliant. Uh, to raise awareness for cancer research. So That's what good. a brilliant thing for Lyle Taylor. So um, certainly stands out. Hopefully he might get a goal and Forrest might win a match as well. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. well done, Lyle Taylor. Ones to watch. So we'll discuss the ones that are next weekend, uh, next Saturday, because like I said, uh, international fixtures. So I'll be talking about Premier League, League a little bit later. But next week, do you want to go for your champ- are the championship matches? No. No, that's the week after. Got you. So League One next week, Saturday, 3 p.m. I've gone for Doncaster Rovers versus Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury have yet to win. So they need to do something. And Doncaster obviously looking to move on after uh, losing to 1-0 to Wigan this weekend. So I just thought it was a match that um, could be pretty 50-50 in terms of who's going to get points out of that one. Yeah, that'd be good. I've got two in uh, League 2 quickly. So again, both played next week. Uh, one is two unbeaten teams, although the 12th and 9th respectively. So again, another couple of teams who keep drawing. So Walsall, 1-1 uh, drawn, 2 Colchester, 1-1 drawn three so yeah they're both unbeaten both kind of mid-table-ish despite not losing so it'll be interesting to probably get a draw won't it Walsall yeah. Colchester put some money on that uh, and then finally you've got Cambridge versus Newport Cambridge were unbeaten they lost to Exeter 2-0 yesterday uh, and then Newport won three and they've had that fantastic cup run so Newport sometimes getting the cup run sort of when it finishes they sort of get a bit deflated but they won again yesterday and uh, they're on a bit of a high. So Cambridge versus Newport, that's the other League 2 highlight. And then to look at the weekend after that, so gosh, Saturday 17th of October, early kickoff, one for the diary, Everton versus Liverpool, 12.30pm. Apparently Everton haven't won the derby in um, 10 years, I think they were saying match of the day. Oh, get your money on them. I know. So what What do you actually reckon it'll be? Uh, it would draw, won't it, probably? Yeah. I think it's Everton's one of the best chances to win. Um, and I think Ancelotti's a good tactician. He seems to have found his way there now. So, yeah, mm. I think if, if they and are going to beat them, this is, the, this is the best chance to meet them, isn't it? Uh, to beat them, rather. Yeah, especially if, obviously, Mane's not been playing this week because um, he's got coronavirus. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. Who have you? Who have your ones to watch for the? Is it a championship the week after? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple from the championship. So I've got uh, Middlesbrough, Reading, Middlesbrough. Interesting. Yesterday, they won at home yesterday against Barnsley two one. It was the first home win since Boxing Day. Oh my god! I mean, it's October. So. Oh my god! <laughs> so Reading twelve out of twelve points. So be really interesting. Middlesbrough versus Reading, and then uh, Barnsley versus Bristol City. Barnsley again, only one point. Uh, look like they're going to struggle a bit but Bristol City uh, unbeaten 12 out of 12 best of the West so two good matches lots of other good matches but two good matches there right that's it for this week 
Um, we've had lots of rants, we've had some raves. And um, in particular, I think the fact that we've both decided that footballers shouldn't wear gloves until, we reckon, December. Yep. You don't even think full stop, do you? And the heating can go on in December. Well. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. All right, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. See you then. Bye-bye.